welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm really excited to be podcasting about topics near and dear to my heart. My wedding, love, uh, losing weight, and basically healing. So lots to talk about today. First of all, this is probably gonna be the last podcast talking about weddings because Rory and I had our last wedding. We got married basically three times uh, and it's all done now. Um, last Sunday was our beach wedding here in Miami Beach and we got married in California with his family. We went to Minnesota and had a wedding reception type of thing at the fair and then we topped it all off with the wedding here on the beach with our friends, with our boot campers here on the beach that we live on. And the reception was in the banquet hall in the building we live in. So it was all right here. It was just, it was a Sunday. It was last Sunday at six o'clock. And we basically just kind of put it into the middle of our, our the schedule. I, I have not stopped moving at all. Like it, there's been no downtime. It's just like Sunday we got married, Monday it's back to work as usual. But hey, it's, you know, that's life. We are, um, we are so happy and so happy. It's all, um, it all went really smoothly and it was super fun. We had um, mostly people here from boot camp and some friends. Most of our friends are in boot camp, but also some coworkers some clients that have turned into really good friends. They're not just clients. Um, some neighbors. And then my dear friend Courtney and my dear friend Manash both flew in for the wedding, which was really special to me um, to have people here that knew me when, that knew me before, that predated not only Roy and me, but predated Miami Kristen. So, um, it was crazy because I, I forgot to take the day off at the Carillon where I teach. I teach on Sundays at 10 and 11. So I'm there from 10 to noon and I forgot to take it off. So no big deal. Um, get up Sunday morning, do boot camp. And then I went to work and then Roy was going to get busy decorating and our wedding wasn't until six. No problem. So the problem is Roy came down with some kind of a cold and so Roy felt like garbage, and but there was no time to be sick. So he just took a lot of cold meds and then got got to work. But um, we did we did boot camp, and then I went to work, and I took my little electric scooter down there. So I have one of those. It like goes up to twenty miles an hour. It's a ten minute walk to work, but it's a three minute scooter ride. And so those seven minutes sometimes really come in handy. And especially on Sundays when I have to go from boot camp right to a class at the Carillon. So I hopped on my scooter, buzzed down there, went down to teach classes, got done, went down to get my scooter. It was gone and it got stolen and it was just a really inconvenient day. Um, now I didn't lock the scooter, so I'm an idiot. Like I should have locked it. However, I don't have a lock for it because I never, I never am not on it. Like I don't leave it anywhere. If I take it to the grocery store, I walk it through the grocery store with me. Like I don't like, I don't never leave it. And at the Carillon, I ride the scooter into the parking garage, past a security guard to the time clock where I punch in and scan my, my bracelet saying that I have the right to be there. And there's a security guard right there. They see me on the scooter with my little powder puff blue helmet, like every Saturday, every Sunday. Then I go past the security office. So there's an office right there with a window on it with security guards in it full of TVs watching all of the monitors for the whole place. And then I go in a little hallway that's only for employees and I leave it in a bike rack right next to the employee elevator. The only people in that parking garage and that use that elevator are residents of the Carillon who actually do not park in that garage um, and staff employees. So I left it there. I went to work. I came back. It was gone. So uh, I went to the security office. I'm like, hey, my scooter was over there. It's gone. And I looked everywhere and they were like, okay, well, we'll watch the tape. I said, well, I got to go. It's my wedding day. <laughs> so I left 
And I was super upset about it because we, we have, we got rid of our car because we don't go anywhere. Not a problem. We bought a moped, which is super fun. However, I'm not comfortable on it yet. And any time that I would need to use the moped would be a time I'm in a hurry, which is not the time to be driving a moped. Like I need to be really confident on this in order to be driving it. And so I never grab it. I grab my little stand-up scooter because I can go on the sidewalks and I can, I'm confident on it and it doesn't go very fast. And I don't know, I just, it's safe because I'm very, I'm very comfortable on it and I wear a helmet and I mean, I guess I could still get really hurt on it, whatever. But anyway, it's just frustrating because I loved it and I relied on it to get around, especially if I had clients back to back and I needed to be, you know, a 15 minute walk away or a three minute scooter ride away would help me be able to stack clients closer. Anyway, came home, got a phone call a few minutes later. I needed to come back and fill out a police report and meet with the police officer, which was just very inconvenient because there was so much to do. Decorate the reception site, get the food ready, all that stuff, whatever. But I did it and I chose to just decide to believe that I was destined to die on the scooter and the fact that it was stolen saved my life. And so I bless and release it. And you know what? That's the best way to live. I'm sorry. If you lose something, if that happens to you, I just encourage you to do that because it takes the bitterness away from it. It takes the anger away from it because how do we know? So many times people say, you know, I got delayed by a phone call and then I was driving and I just missed an accident by 20 seconds. And if I hadn't stopped for that phone call, that could have been me. We say that stuff a lot. So how do I know that that scooter, you know, I could die on that scooter. Scooter, Who knows? But now it's not an option. I cannot die on that scooter because I don't own that scooter. <laughs> anyway, the wedding um, prep was, was just a lot. Roy wanted to surprise me with everything, which is so romantic and also inefficient. It made me so crazy because I wanted to help. And he wouldn't let me. He finally let me help decorate. But our friend Yulia was like, save the day. She came and helped um, decorate. And that was awesome. And Danny picked up a bunch of stuff. We just had a whole whole bunch of people helping us make it it super smooth. Um, And then Roy wanted to set something up on the beach. And he didn't want me to see it. So he'd been hiding boxes and hiding these things. And so he said, I'm going to go down and set up the beach. And then you cannot look out the window. And I said, that's fine. I'm going to get ready for the wedding. So my friend Courtney arrived from Austin, Texas at 4.30 p.m. (laughs) The wedding was at 6. But she got here just in time to hang out with me while I did my hair and makeup and helped me get my dress on. And then my friend Minash was in town. He came into town for Chicago, which was so special. And he came over and took pictures while Courtney, you know, put the finishing touches on my dress. And we got some fun pictures. And then I had asked them to be my bridesman and bridesmaid. <laughs> I didn't call it that. It, it wasn't until we were walking to the beach and Minash was holding my flowers that I was like, you're like my bridesman and my bridesmaid. But it was just so special to just spend the last little bit of time before walking out there with these two people who have, they have both just made me the person that I am in so many ways. Um, Minash is one of the first people who really saw my potential to get unstuck mentally and emotionally from the limiting beliefs I had about myself. And he encouraged me to tell my story. He encouraged me to encourage people. He encouraged me to start my podcast. He, um, he's the one who saved me when I didn't know what to do when my life was in a mess. And he saved me by saying, I can't tell you what exactly to do, but I just know that you're going to figure it out and you're going to rise above this like you do everything. That's the kind of life that he's spoken into my life and um, has given me courage to try new things and push. And he's always been the support person to where I've been able to push forward and say, well, I have this person's support. I have his belief in me. I'm going to believe he's right. I'm going to trust his view of what's possible and uh, and he's been right. And I always say to him, all the people whose lives, people come back to me and say, I've changed their life. I say to Manash, you changed their life because without you speaking life into me, I never would have thought it was okay for me to even try to change someone's life. 
So he's a powerful, amazing force of greatness in my life. And it was just amazing to have him here. And Courtney is my, um, my counterpart in so many ways. We, um, she's just so special. She just has called me higher and higher and higher as a human being and helped me so much through my perceived obstacles. So they walked me down the boardwalk to the beach and then there was a signal and uh, they went and took their places and then I walked down by myself with my flowers that I got from Publix and I wrapped them up in a hair tie. (laughs) And I was so happy and so excited and elated. I couldn't walk down the aisle all sober. I laughed and jumped and skipped and hopped in glee down the quote-unquote aisle to my husband. It was just joy. And everybody just clapped, and it was a celebratory experience. It was not a sober, somber wedding. Um, Roy had gotten some Roy's rose petals to sprinkle, and he just grabbed two little girls that are really special to us, uh, Maya and Vasa, and just gave them the box, and they sprinkled them down like little flower girls. And we had already talked to Regis about holding the ring, so he was in place, this little guy from boot camp we just love. And I walked down there to my love and to Roxy, who got ordained to officiate our beach wedding. And she did a phenomenal job. She wrote a little message for us after her 42 years of wedded bliss to Elboro, who she calls Poppy. And it was just, it was phenomenal. So we said our vows and we had our first dance. And then we decided to have a group dance. So we put on that song, Everybody Dance Now. And we had everybody dance. And it was so much fun to have a little dance party with everybody on the beach. And then we took a bunch of pictures and came back here to the banquet room for our reception, which was catered by Chipotle. All the food was there. Um, Our dear friend Danny uh, helped put together an amazing bar of amazing things. And I put together the Manzana Spritzer so people could have a non-alcoholic Manzana Spritzer. Or add champagne to make it a leaded Manzana spritzer. It was really fun. Uh, Mocktail, signature mocktail. And um, we just had music and food, and it was super fun. Everybody packed a dance floor. We did the cha-cha slide, the Cupid shuffle, the Macarena. I mean, cheese-tastic, fun group dance songs. So tons of little girls there. I got to dance with little girls like I am a little girl. And then... The most gut-wrenchingly touching emotional speeches. I was ugly crying, sobbing my face off. I couldn't take it at the beautiful, amazing things that our friends said. And uh, it was amazing. And the boot campers put together a card with this amazingly generous gift to us. And it was just a love fest, you guys. It's amazing. I moved here not even three years ago, and I didn't know anybody And we got married here on the beach and we had, I don't know, it was like 75 to 100 people. I I couldn't really count. Um, Here to love on us and spoil us and celebrate love with us. And it wasn't just for the free food. It was because they love us. And I cannot believe this is my life. It was just phenomenal. And it's just proof of what's possible when you go get the new experience. And I don't know. I guess I don't even know what to credit it all to. I'm just blessed, 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 and I'm so grateful. So it was so fun. And uh, the lovely thing about it being in our building is we just hopped in the elevator and came home and went to bed. Roy was really sick. And the next day was Labor Day, and we had a special 7 a.m. hero workout. So I drug my tired butt down to the beach and ran boot camp and, uh, and then got right back to work. So we've been just working hard this week getting back. I mean, work has been crazy. My freedom program started this week, and I'm continuing to onboard um, more members for the next few days. And so it's just been a beautiful week of settling in and enjoying being married. People ask us how it feels. Well, it feels exactly like it did before. (laughs) Um, But we're just happy and blessed and overjoyed. And we are glad to be done planning weddings because it was a little bit all encompassing. But a couple things I'm going to say about weddings. Um, Weddings tend to be really stressful they're really expensive, and um, I just feel like a lot of energy and time gets spent on things that don't really matter. And we didn't have the luxury to do that because we didn't have a lot of time. We didn't have a lot of money that we wanted to spend. And um, so I just have to say, if you are getting married or you know someone that's getting married, I cannot stress enough to take a look at all the things that you're planning or you think you need and see if you can pare them down. Because 
the amount of stress there was not um, was just amazing. Like we had these flower girls, for example, impromptu, and they they just grabbed the flowers and threw them on the ground. But if we'd chosen flower girls and coordinated that, it would have been conversations with the mom and coordinating of the dresses and making sure they know what they do. And then it would have been a billion conversations and details. Whereas, like, we just showed up and said, hey, you girls, would you like to be flower girls? Well, what little girl is going to say no? Like, they loved it. And it, it, we told everyone to wear what they want. Stand where you want. Um, we didn't have a bridal party. Why on earth do people have bridal parties? It's so much. I'm not criticizing you, but I'm just saying, if you're getting married... Consider, this was amazing and it was easy and it was inexpensive and there were so many details we didn't have to deal with. Basically, Chipotle catered this reception. I did it all online. You pick it all online. It was really inexpensive. I think it was $15 a person plus tax and tip and it was all the things, all the meats, all the rices, all the beans. Now, I got food for 75 and we ran out of meat, which kind of pissed me off because there was vats and vats of sour cream left and piles of lettuce. And so I don't understand what they think they're going to do, a little meat and then just a pile of lettuce. I don't get it. But whatever. We didn't run out until I think everyone had food. And there was plenty of rice. There was tons of rice and beans left. But in hindsight, I should have got food for a little more. But still, there was that. We did the mocktail, which was very inexpensive, very easy little DIY station. People poured it out of those little spigot things. Um, and then... Wedding cake, I don't eat cake. And so we weren't going to do any desserts. But then I'm like, that's kind of mean. So I got a couple of big fruit trays from the grocery store. And then last minute, I was in the grocery store between my classes while someone was stealing my scooter. And they had these just beautiful cakes at Publix. And so just picked out three of them. And we just had a table with three different cakes and a pie and some fruit. It was easy. And it was serve yourself some dessert. Like people know how to cut themselves a piece of cake. Why are we making this so hard? Um, and I don't know, maybe people are blowing smoke up my butt, but everybody said they had the best time. It was so much fun. It was so easy. The vibe was so happy because it was no stress. Get your food, sit down, <laughs> have some dessert, you know, the end. So don't stress yourself out. My dress was $129 from Amazon and, um, it fit fine. Like people spend $10,000 on a wedding dress. I don't understand it. I just don't, I've never seen a wedding dress that I felt like looked so much better than the next wedding dress that it was ever worth $10,000. And if you're a person who feels like you need a $10,000 wedding dress, I just want to understand you. So please send me an email, Kristen at kristensmithonline.com. I'm not going to judge you. I just need to understand it. When there are cheap options, why? That's, you could buy a car. I mean, you could, that's a scholarship for somebody. That's a lot of workout clothes. That's a vacation. That's so many things you can do with $10,000. There's so many things you can do with $5,000. I just, it confuses me. And that doesn't mean I'm right. Maybe I've got it all wrong. Maybe it is worth it. I don't know. I've had, I had three of the same dress. Two of them got destroyed. One of them is here. I don't know what I'll ever do with it, but the last one I wore did not get ruined. So that was good. But, um, all that to say, Take the stress out of your wedding and make a party that you yourself want to go to that would be the most fun you can think of. I wore tennis shoes under my wedding dress and um, it was it was the best. You don't have to be like me, but you should be like me in the idea of take some stress off. Life is short. You're not going to remember the expensive details anyway. So there you go. All right, all done with the wedding talk. I will say... We get a lot of people asking us how we met and what, like, what made it click, what made it work. I have no easy answer for what made it work, but I will tell you this. When we were in Athens in November and we had decided to run the Athens Marathon together and we had to stop running and we started walking, we had four hours to talk. After having recently just gotten back together after a little break, we had time where we were tired and our walls were down and we talked. And it was on that day that we decided we were going to be together forever. And we never looked back. And he didn't propose until April. But there was something about that conversation that set it in stone of like, you are the person that I'm going to be with. I know I want you. 
And there was never a conversation again of, well, maybe this is a bad idea. Maybe you're not my person. Maybe I don't care about you. Maybe blah, blah, blah. That never happened. We committed on that day. And then we built the relationship deeper and deeper and deeper. We also have given each other space to heal because we, this is our third marriage. We both have had horrible relationships and we could have said, let's wait until we both feel fully healed and then get married. Or what we did was, listen, I know you have healing to do. I have healing to do. I'm going to give you space to do that. And I'm going to ask you for space to do that. That means sometimes he and I sit down and talk about the people that have hurt him in his relationships his ex-girlfriend that did a number on him before we met, we talk about it. I'm confident in my position in his life and our relationship. I'm not jealous when he talks about how hurt he was and how he still ruminates sometimes. I want to give him time and space to heal and work through that without being threatened, without feeling threatened. And same with me. I have healing to do deeper, deeper work. So we let each other heal at each other's pace. And help each other with that. And I think that's been key to our relationship to say, you don't have to be a certain level of healed to be my partner. I just need to know you're working through it and you are continually reaching for it. When you say, I want to fully forgive and heal and I'm going to do everything I can to do that, then the time it takes is the time it takes, but it will happen. There are too many of us who say, I was wronged and this is it. And that's our badge and we hold it. We've earned this thing. And all that does is take space in your heart away from your next partner and for the, from the partner you're going to be with forever. If Roy was harboring this anger and hatred and you know whatever you want to call it toward his ex-girlfriend, that part of his heart wouldn't be accessible to me. And as he lets that go more and more and more, I get more of his heart and same with me. And so when you commit to healing and you commit to anything it takes to heal, it will happen. Um, We also, we also have really dedicated ourselves to keeping our own side of the street clean. In fact, I said that in my vows, like there's a lot of things I want for my life that when I am doing those things, I am happiest. I'm at peace when I'm taking care of me. And there are times I see Roy doing those things and it's really awesome and we're all synced up. And there are times where I don't see him doing those things. And it's not my job to make sure he does them. It's not my job to tell him or require him. If I want that kind of excellence in my life, I must cultivate it with me first. And the same thing goes for him. There are times where I'm not taking good care of myself, and he is. And I can feel it affecting us, and I can feel it affecting me and him. It's my job to take care of me. It's his job to take care of him. And it's none of my business when he's ebbing and flowing and vice versa. Because if we're both open and willing to being the best people that we can be, then those things are going to, those patterns are going to flow and they're going to self-correct. I'm committed to be the best wife I can. I am not asking Roy to be the best husband that he can. I am committed to being the best wife that I possibly can. And if I succeed at that, Because I know he is so open and willing, I don't worry that he's going to be the best husband because he will be. And he is most capable of being the best husband for me ever if I am being the best wife possible. So I take care of my side of the street the best I can. I don't do it perfectly and neither does he. But thus far, it's been a beautiful, amazing, terrific experience. And I have no doubt, I have no fear that the future will be something different. I have complete faith that what we have built is just going to get better because we're both going to be working on it. And it's very exciting. So there you go. We're married. We can stop talking about it on podcasts. (laughs) I have some new stuff on my website. I asked the universe for some help with my website and I asked the universe to drop it out of the sky. And sure enough, Someone dropped it out of the sky to help me with my website. And on my website now, there's a couple cool things. Number one, you can click on there to set up a call with me to talk about coaching. Now, I have a lot of new clients. It's been a really busy last few weeks onboarding new clients. And it's so much fun because my clients get results immediately. Immediately. Why? Because I'm an amazing coach (laughs) and my clients know what they want. So if you know what you want, if you want to move out of the mud, call me. 
So there's a way on the website now where um, you can book a call with me. There's also this really cool link to sign up for my mailing list and you get access to a folder of resources. In that folder, there are at-home workouts, gym workouts, my workbook on self-love, my workbook on your health, so you can figure out how many calories and protein you need, what kind of movement is ideal. There are videos in there on mindset. There's a meal plan, a six-week fat loss macro-based meal plan. And there's also a five-day clean up your diet, real food, high-protein meal plan, including a grocery list. There's gonna be stuff added to that folder regularly. So go on my website, look around, Click on uh, the book a call with me. Book a call with me. Let's talk. If you found me on this podcast and you just want to talk to me, I just want to talk to you. Book a time. Let's talk. I would love to just hear from you. I would love to answer your questions. Um, and if it makes sense for us to work together, I would be stoked. Now, my coaching plans start very reasonably at $99. So you're not going to be getting a loan to work with me. Um, it all depends on what you want. I talk to some clients for an hour every single week and they're in my freedom program group calls. I talk to some clients once a month for 15 minutes. I write workouts for people. They never talk to me. They just do their workouts. Whatever budget, whatever need, whatever level of coaching my clients need, I offer to them. But I'm so confident that you're going to love working with me that you're going to want to spend all of your time investing in you. That's the whole goal. You're worth investing in and I'm worth talking to. So go to my website, click on book a call with me um, or click on the weight loss navigator and sign up to get access to all those great, resor great resources. I can't talk. KristenSmithOnline.com. It's a phenomenally new redesigned website. So take a look at it. Even if you don't click on anything, I'm really proud of it. And so grateful for Declan. Declan is the marketing genius who fell out of the sky, literally fell out of the sky into my lap to help me put this together for all of you. So check it out. KristenSmithOnline.com. I want today to be your day one. Why? Well, I'm going to give you a few reasons why today needs to be your day one. You say day one for what? Well, day one for anything. Because what I'm going to talk about translates to weight loss, fitness, healing, moving forward in your life, taking control of your life, forgiveness, self-love, all the things. Today needs to be your day one because... If you're waiting for something to happen or something to change or some external force to force you to move into the direction you want to go, you're potentially going to be waiting forever and you're potentially going to miss out on a lot of life and still be too late. So I'm going to give you some compelling reasons why today must be day one. The day you get serious for your mind, your body, and your soul. Number one, I say this a lot, but time passes anyway. Next September, you're going to say something about the past year of your life. And you get to say, what happened? And today is the day that you make the decision of what that's going to be. What are you going to be able to say a year from now? What you do today determines that. If today is just another day of mediocrity, of wishing you could, of being frustrated you haven't, of being angry at yourself and feeling stuck without doing anything about it, then a year from now, you're going to feel the way you feel today. Left uninterrupted, your life isn't going to change for the better. No one is coming to pick up your life and say, here's what you need to do follow me. I got you. Don't think, don't worry. It's all going to be fixed for you. The person who does all of that is you. So a year from now is going to happen. That's why today must be your day one. You cannot have a change a year from now unless you can say you've done something different for a year. So what do you want to be able to say? That's the question. Number two, why today needs to be day one, because you have no idea 
what's going on inside of your body that you can't see. You have no idea how much time you have left. You have no idea how much time your family has left or your friends. The person closest to you and you, there's a day that none of us know when it's over. We don't know. You don't know what's brewing in your body. You don't know what's going on under the surface in someone's heart, mind, and soul. You have no idea. Years and years of neglect on your body at some point is going to rear its ugly head with the consequence. Years and years of inflammation and disregard for certain nutrition and health aspects, they're going to catch you with disease. Years and years of saying, I'll apologize next time I see them. I'll make this right someday. When? How do you know you're not going to get a phone call that says, hey, that person passed away. And you say, oh my God, I never had a chance to make it right. Oh my gosh, I always meant to repair that. Oh my gosh, I've never forgiven them. They don't know what they mean to me. You have no idea. And if today isn't your day one, you might not have an option tomorrow. I'm sorry if this is getting morbid, but I feel such urgency to get across to anyone who will listen. You have no idea what's going on behind your skin, behind the walls of your heart, in the hearts of people you know, and what is going to happen tomorrow. It's no joke. All you have is your health and your relationships. All you're going to take with you is the emotional imprint that's been put on your life and heart during your time here. And the only body that you have is the one you live in now. Reason number three, you're never staying still. You're never staying still. If you stop taking care of yourself, investing in your relationships, looking and pay attention to what's going on in your heart, mind, and soul, you're never staying still. You're certainly not getting better without intention. You're not getting fitter and healthier and leaner. Your relationships are not getting deeper and more powerful. When you're standing still, you're either sinking in the mud or losing ground. Gravity, it's just the way it is. If you stop paying attention to what you eat and eat whatever you want, your weight's not going to go down. Your weight's going to go up because our food in this country is hyperpalatable, hypercaloric, caloric period. You're not going to get fitter. Your body's deteriorating. You have to fight against that intentionally. Relationships fizzle and die. They require work. They require investment. When you're mad at someone, it doesn't just go away automatically. When you have hatred or bitterness, it multiplies. It spreads. It festers in your life. You're never staying still. So today needs to be your day one. The only reason it can be your day one, the only way it can truly be your day one is if you can get clear on your why or your why not. Why do I want to change? Why do I want to lose weight? Why do I want to get healthier? Why do I want to get leaner? Why do I want to feel better in my skin? Why do I want to reconnect with my sister? Why do I miss my family? Why do I miss that friend? Why does it feel awkward to talk to that person? Why do I want it to be better? And also to get clear on your why not. What happens if I do nothing? What's my body going to be in a year? What happens if I do nothing? Am I going to lose touch with that person forever? What happens if I do nothing? Am I going to miss out on another holiday season without that person close to me? What happens if I do nothing? Will they die before I get a chance to make peace with them? Will I die before I get a chance to make peace with them? What happens if I do nothing? What happens if I stay angry? If this bitterness has hurt me this much in another year, what happens if I keep feeding the bitterness and the unforgiveness? Am I happy? Can I live like this? I talk to so many people. My most successful clients are the ones who call me with the most desperation saying, I cannot live like this. When I hear that, I am so sad to hear that desperation But also, I am thrilled because it means they are going to change. 
when you finally say, I cannot live another day like this. I cannot handle missing my family. With my sister, I couldn't handle one more day without my sister just in my life. I don't care what it costs me. I can't live like this. I don't want to live without my sister. I'm not happy. I'm not happy in my body. I must feel better. Recently, I realized I'm not happy in my body. It's not flexible. It's not bending. I need to focus on stretching. I need to get to the chiropractor. I'm not happy with how it feels. It's little things. It's big things. It's micro. It's macro. Can you live like this? Get clear on your why and get clear on your why not. And then, of course, getting started is always hard. You say, well, easy for you to say, Miss High and Mighty. Where do I start? I'm so overwhelmed. That's where I say, all right, pick one thing that you know is important and make a change there. Not the one that's going to make the biggest, fastest change to your body, but the one that's going to make the biggest impact on you feeling like you are in the driver's seat. For most people that I coach, I recommend they start a walking routine because walking is movement. Walking is powerful movement. Everybody can walk. Walking is amazing for your mental health. And there's more and more studies about the health benefits long-term to your whole body when you walk. So walking isn't going to burn the most fat off your body in 24 hours. There are certainly other things I suppose you could say, well, I guess you could run for 10 hours. But that's not why you choose it. You choose a walking routine to say, okay, I've started something. It's my day one. I'm going to walk X number of times a week. My new client, Brenda, she's amazing. She set a goal for September to walk 7,500 steps a day, period. And she's got a goal. She's so excited. She's been doing it. She wonders why she hasn't done it before. She increased her pace. It's got this ball rolling for her of feeling accomplished because she's showing up for herself and she's honoring her commitment. That's what it takes. Pick one thing and implement it. The thing you can do, the thing you will do, the thing that's going to make the most impact and do it. It's about picturing a boulder sitting in the mud on a slope of a hill. You got to get that ball moving and you need to keep it moving. So what's the thing you can do that you can keep doing that you know you'll keep doing? Walking is the easiest answer to that question. Um, I also say, all right, well, if it's not movement, maybe you already do moving. movement. What's the, what is something else? One thing you know is important and make that change. Nutritionally, I say protein. Put protein into your mouth first every time you eat. Start there. That's an easy thing to commit to, to say, all right, well, I'm on the go. I'm at the gas station. I need a snack. I'm so hungry. Well, if you've committed that protein goes in your mouth first, what are you going to find that's protein? You can find something. I promise you can. It's the first thing you can do to change your nutritional health is to focus on getting protein in. I don't care about vegetables or fruit or all those other things. We don't even talk about it. When I get someone started, we talk about protein. Protein and walking. That's where you start. And when you, you say, that's not enough. Okay, do it for a couple of weeks, then circle back and tell me it's not enough to make you feel confident and like the ball is rolling and that you're ready for more. It, it, it's such a powerful push to get you going. When it comes to your heart, when it comes to your soul, if you're harboring bitterness, anger, frustration, self-loathing, The number one thing to do is pay attention. Sounds too simple. What I mean is you need to listen to your inner voice. What are you hearing? When you think of that person that wronged you, what do you hear in your head? Do you hear, oh my God, that person hurt me. Oh my God, I hate her. I hate him. Oh my gosh, she's such a B word. Oh my gosh, I just can't stand the sight of her. Are you hearing that? How many times a day do you think those negative things about that person? Or maybe it's about you. How many times a day do you say horribly demotivating, terrible things to yourself? Pay attention and listen. That's the first step to taking control. And once you realize, whoa, I've got some things here that are not serving me, then you can start replacing and interrupting to change the thought process. Because remember what I said before, if you're committed to forgiveness and healing, then you're willing to do anything it takes to get there and you will get there. And sometimes what you must do is change your inner dialogue, change your memory of certain people. When I decided that I must forgive my past, that I had been too hard on my mom and all of these people in my story, 
I didn't know how to connect the love. I didn't know how to change my heart and my feelings overnight. And I don't know that it is possible overnight. But I was committed to figuring it out. And so I talked about it on a whole podcast, but I started to, every time I thought of my mom, to imagine myself as a little tiny baby in her arms in the hospital after she birthed me and to connect to the love she had for me in that moment. That's the purest, freshest moment of love between my mom and I. I hadn't done anything to disappoint her. I hadn't brought shame to her. She hadn't let me down. Our story was clean. Our story was fresh. The love was pure. The love was flowing. And every time I thought about my mom over and over and again, I would go there. And I would imagine being that baby and that love flowing. And guess what happened? Over time, when I think of my mom, I don't think about the old things that I was angry about. My heart, my mind, my voice changes. And I think of her as my mommy. I love my mommy. I never used to say that. Because my thoughts and my attention were on all of the stories of the things that weren't great, the things I was angry about, all of the story and the narrative that tainted and made it impossible to access the love that flowed between us from birth. And now it's free flowing. I can't think about my mom without feeling love and smiling and being so happy she's my mom. That's what's possible. That's what's possible but you have to want it and you have to start and it's possible with anyone. I talked to Roy this morning. I talked about his ex-girlfriend that still, he still got feelings of just anger and frustration and confusion. So I gave him a mental exercise. I'm like, try this one and he's going to try it and see if he can connect with the beautiful love that flows between humans to overwhelmingly erase the old pain, the old confusion of the hurts I believe it'll work because love always wins. And here's the thing. When you try with any other means, it's like taking a toothbrush to clean a giant kitchen floor. But when you use love, it's like a power washer. Love is the most powerful form of energy. And if you can find and connect to love for anyone, for someone, and go there every time they enter your brain, you will win. You will erase the anger. You will erase the hurt. But you have to be willing. Just like you have to be willing to do the work to lose weight, you have to be willing to do the work to get your body healthy. You have to be willing to do the work to forgive, to heal. And so many of us don't want to. We feel safe behind our mask of excess weight. You say, that's nuts. I don't want to be overweight. Well, examine it. Because there's so many of us that we feel safe when we feel like we just hide. I was hiding under all of my excess weight. And we feel safe when we hold up a flag of you did me wrong. We have something to prove that we have been a victim. That makes us a little special. It gives us the right to feel angry. It justifies our anger, which covers up the hurt. If you're willing to say, I don't need to hold a grudge, I don't need a story, it's hard. It costs you something. It costs you something. I will never forget when I decided to forgive my first husband. It hurt so much to imagine that I could no longer just hate him (laughs) because he deserved to be hated in my mind. To set down my feelings of anger and resentment felt like giving him a free pass. Like, he can't take this too. He took so so much from me. I can't let him have my flag that tells the world I'm a victim. But when I was willing to let it go and say, fine, fine, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let him off the hook. I'm going to push in my head for him to have a wonderful, beautiful life. I no longer wish for him to be punished. I no longer wish for him to have pain. I release my need for him to suffer. It, I cried. It felt like loss. But it opened up this big gaping hole. And do you know what filled it? Joy. Love. Opportunity. Freshness. More beautiful people for me to experience 
when we hold those things, we can't put anything else in that space. It's finite. It's never worth holding on. So more than weight loss, more than nutrition, more than workouts, the most important thing we can do is shed the excess baggage and weight of bitterness, anger, hurt. And you can be free of it if you're willing to let go of the story and say, you know what, they wronged me. Maybe they're currently wronging you. It's even harder. My ex-husband saddled me with a debt that was so unfair. And I fought it with lawyers over. I spent so much money trying to get out of it and I lost. He'd found a loophole. And it was so unjust. What was I supposed to do? Be angry every time I paid that every single month? I chose to get a second job and do an auto pay of that exact amount to that debt. So I never had to write a check or see it. I just went and did the job and it was handled. And it was hard because I didn't like the job and it sucked my life dry. But I chose to have an attitude of I'm grateful that I can earn the money and do it because this could have bankrupted me. This would have bankrupted a lot of people. It was so hard not to be angry every single day. It was so unfair. And I saw him buying matching Lexuses and building houses and financially just blowing it. Like just, and here's me, single mom with his kid working two jobs to pay his debt unfairly. You want to talk about a bitter pill. I could have festered that. And there were days, there were days I was pissed and I had to start all over. I'm not telling you I did it perfectly. But I was able to move forward in my life with joy and happiness and peace because I chose to say, all right, this is, this is what it is. I can't do anything about it except to pay it. And I can pay it angrily or I can pay it and have joy and happiness and love in my life and wish him well. I'm telling you, it's possible. It's hard. Okay, it's hard. And no one's going to come and tell you. In fact, your friends will tell you you're justified to stay mad. When I would talk about that, everybody around me would get mad for me. And I'm like, listen, this ain't your problem. And what good does this do me to be mad about something that is? It's ridiculous. It's like, it's like if all of a sudden a part of my skin turned black, should I be mad the rest of my life? Or should I say, I now have a black thumb. Let's move on. This, like, let's move on. Let's go get everything we can out of life. That's, that's honestly what I'm saying. And I'm digressing, but it's worth it. So pay attention. That is how. That is how. Pay attention. The voices in your head, the anger that comes up, the resentment, the bitterness. None of us ever get to where we have a clean, pure mind. My scooter got stolen and I got really pissed. Not at the person who stole it. I actually feel really bad for that person that that is the option that they had on that day to survive. That's a very sad. But I was pissed as hell at the security guards who sat there and watched somebody take my scooter under their nose. What the actual hell were you doing at work? It's not that they walked past one security guard. They rode a city bike in past a security guard and the security office left the bike, took the scooter, and went right back out past the security office full of security guards and another one sitting by a desk. I was real pissed at all them. Like, you losers. You call your, you should all be fired. This is embarrassing. What a bunch of idiots. How stupid can you be? That's the narrative in my head. I have more compassion for the thief than the people who let it go. But then today, they, by the way, they caught the guy. I heard myself saying, you know what? I screw up at my job all the time. And I was like, oh, yeah. They screwed up at their job, just like me. And yeah, it's an expensive mistake. But they're human just like me. can go around being mad and talking smack to everybody I work with about the stupid security guards, or I can say, you know what, they had a bad day too. So anyway, there are my methodologies for you. It needs to be your day one. You got to decide. At some point, you got to decide to change. If you are not happy... 
in your body, in your mind, if you know you're holding on to resentment, anger, bitterness, and it's stopping you in life, if you're living in a body that's uncomfortable to you, today needs to be your day one. Get clear on why. Get clear on what's going to happen if you do nothing. Are you happy? Is it worth holding on to? The excess weight, the lazy routines, the, the lethargy, the mediocrity, the bitterness. What's it serving you? What's lying ahead that you can't get to because of where you are now? List them out. What are you missing out on? What kind of love and relationships are you missing out on because you're mad right now? What kind of activities are you missing out because you can't do it and not lose your breath? What kind of future are you missing out on if you don't make your body healthier? These are the things you have to ask yourself and you can start where you are. Pick one thing. Make a change, implement it. Start walking, start logging your protein, start paying attention to the noises in your head. Decide that you're gonna change and start now. It can be your day one. A year from now, September 10th of 2024, what do you wanna be able to say about the past year of your life? That's the question. What do you wanna say a year from now? I wanna be able to say, you know what, last September... I had no idea how great it would feel to have accomplished this goal and this goal and this goal. I now have spoken on stages that I once was too afraid to ask for. I have helped more people. I have launched more of the things that I want to put out into the world. I have increased my health. I have learned I'm an amazing tennis player. I want to be able to say that a year from now. I have fallen deeper in love with myself. I've fallen deeper in love with my husband. I've made my home a happier place. I've made my community a better place. I want to be able to say those things. What do you want to be able to say? Decide. Make today your day one. It needs to be your day one. All right. I'm done yelling at you. I feel like sometimes I get yelly, right? But I get so passionate. I want everyone to see what's possible especially when you let go of things that, that feel precious to you. Sometimes it's crazy to think how much we hold on to things that are hurting us. We feel like we don't know who we are without our victim flag. Put the victim flag down. Pick up the warrior flag. You get a lot more done with a warrior flag. <laughs> and you attract a lot cooler people with a warrior flag. Victims will hang around together and swarm together and sit around in their misery and exchange war stories Um, but warriors get together and talk about the future and the things that they're creating and how they're bringing people higher and how they can do more. Surround yourself with warriors, not victims. Victims live in the past. Warriors create their future. So be a warrior. I should have started this podcast with this. This is brilliant. I don't know where this is coming from. Be a warrior. All right. That's all I have for you. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. If you want to interact with me, go ahead and send me an email, Kristen at kristensmithonline.com. Follow me on Instagram, The Kristen Experience, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend. That's all I have for you today. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time here on Destination Begin.